This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and this is Vancouver Consumer. The Vancouver real estate market continues to post some really strong numbers. I was reading something this morning that uh, single-family homes in the Lower Mainland up 6.7% year-to-year. And in a moment, we'll be checking in with John Carlson of 2% Realty, johnnysmartpoint.com to talk about what that means if you're buying or selling a home. He's got great advice. And that's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. Drinking in the park. After giving the idea a try this past summer in the midst of the pandemic, Port Coquitlam's mayor says it will now be permanent. People will be able to enjoy an alcoholic beverage at seven different parks in the Poco area. Brad West says much of the success comes after treating adults like adults. And West says they had one noise complaint in one park and it happened in the first week of the pilot project. RCMP are giving UBC students a failing grade when it comes to social distancing. This past week, University RCMP handed out over $5,000 in fines to students at the campus for violating health or, uh, orders restricting social gatherings. That's two $2,300 fines to organizers of the gatherings and two personal $230 fines. Uh, RCMP uh, out at the university and UBC officials have been trying to educate and warn students for several months about not gathering in groups around campus, but it's obviously not working Meantime, Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Henry says this past Tuesday that 40% of exposures right now are linked to public gatherings. And this includes a recent trivia night at a pub in Port Moody where 50 people were gathered and 15 people ended up testing positive for COVID-19. So if you want to do trivia and drink, go to the park. Uh, you know times are tough when Starbucks locations close down. More than 300 of the coffee shops across Canada have shut their doors, and a woman in Richmond has started a petition demanding that Starbucks step aside and let somebody else serve the coffee. Vicky Morell is specifically pointing to the location in Terra Nova in Richmond. That's around Number 1 Road and Westminster Highway. It closed its doors at the beginning of the month, Uh, There are a lot of locations of Starbucks just like it around the Lower Mainland. You've probably seen it closed up tight with brown wrapping paper covering the windows. Morell says it's left an eyesore in her community and they need to vacate and let another coffee company in there. She had previously started a petition demanding Starbucks keep that location open. But that one failed. And if you're one of the people who like to scour sites like Craigslist, and Max sold, look for bargains. Here's something for sale right now here in BC. It's a homemade submarine, as is. Needs work before submerging. Tim Birmingham of Coston in the BC interior wants 94000 bucks for the sub. It's two-man, just over 17 feet long. Birmingham's dad, Thomas, began building the small sub in Nanus Bay. The plan was to do salvage work in the Georgia Strait. It's made of fiberglass. It's almost finished. Tim figures take about six months to a year to get it ready and about fifteen grand to get ready to put it in the water. And, oh, yeah, you have to come and get it. It weighs a ton. 
And when I say it weighs a ton, I don't mean, oh, it weighs a ton. That thing weighs a ton. It literally weighs a ton. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. Coming up, we're going to talk real estate. The numbers are really, really good despite the pandemic and guiding us through the opportunities and the pitfalls out there in the world of real estate will be John Carlson. Uh, JohnnySmartPoint.com is his website. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues on CKNW. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and it's time to talk real estate. And when you want to talk real estate, you want to talk to the expert. And that, of course, is our friend John Carlson. Uh, You can find him at johnnysmartpoint.com. He's uh, part of the uh, 2% Realty Organization, and uh, he's with me right now. How are you doing, John? Hey, Martin. I'm doing great. Great to be back here. And uh, I just want to let you know, I just followed you on Instagram, by the oh, way. Thank so, you. Thank so you'll, you you'll notice you'll get a little note that says you've got a new follower, but you've got a few followers. Uh, and your your name on Instagram is Johnny Smart Point. So if you're on Instagram, check them out and you can see some of the properties you've sold. Um, and it's interesting about social media because I'm, I'm on your website at johnnysmartpoint.com and we're going to get into what's going on in the real estate market. Don't worry about that because I've been reading all these articles this morning about uh, the Vancouver market. It's insane and we'll get to that. But I want to talk about uh, social media because on your website, uh, you talk about uh, your market presence as an experienced agent you have sold uh, more than a thousand properties in the Lower Mainland. Uh, you know what you're doing, and and social media is starting to become part of that process, isn't it? It's it's part of the process of buying and selling a home now. You know it is. I, you know to reach uh, the audience, you need to be where the audience is, and that's one thing I'm learning as an agent who's been in the business 25 years. Uh, you know, obviously there was no social media for a long time, uh, you know, when I was uh, getting started and working through my career. And now, you know, I've, I've actually found myself, I'm glad you brought this up because I found myself in a position where I am retooling uh, all of my, you know, internet marketing and social media. Uh, some listeners may be aware of this, some not, that uh, my, my website, johnnysmartpoint.com, had, a, had some malware put on it uh, <laughs> back in the fall. It took a long time to get away from it and, uh, uh, and, um, you know, some of the emails I had sent or received, I was having some issues. So if there's any listeners out there who contacted me and didn't get a response in the last month or two, that would be why. Uh, but it did remind me that, hey, this is something that I need to to sharpen up. And that has been my, my focus lately. So thanks for mentioning uh, that you saw a recent sale on Instagram. Uh, I do a lot of Facebook uh, marketing, uh, and that's to a certain demographic. But also, you know, this Instagram thing is something that uh, any agent needs to be involved in. And, and I've uh, actually... Uh, recently um, hired a, a team of people to, to give me a better presence that way because again you got to be where the audience is and that's one of the reasons I'm on this program uh, because I have a kind of a unique value proposition for a lot of people out there who you know want a good agent but don't want to spend more than they have to and and so I want the listeners to know they can find me online and call me in person and uh, I'll be there for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, because I've recently discovered Instagram myself. I like to take a lot of photos and I'm at Martin J. Strong on Instagram. And uh, 
Instagram is a is a great site for you because I, I was looking at yours and you can actually see the properties. It's a very visual uh, visual uh, platform. And so if you want to go to uh, to John's Instagram page, it's Johnny Smart Point. That's the name on Instagram. It, it basically all centers on johnnysmartpoint.com. That is John's uh, website. And you can get to all his uh, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Instagram by going to that. You can also use the old-fashioned telephone as well, 604-612-0080. So uh, we're going to talk about, uh, about how you can save some money on commission, but let's, let's get right to the state of the market and get some of your opinions. I, I did a little research this morning. I, I saw some articles. Uh, there was uh, the BMO report saying that they predicted higher prices across Canada. Uh, They said that uh, availability is still an issue. Uh, And then also, I was reading in the Georgia Strait an article about how across Canada, price increases of single-family homes uh, are up 5.4% across the board in Canada. In the lower mainland, 6.7%. And they say that is uh, the largest increase since 2008. And uh, so, so uh, how are you dealing with this? Are you surprised by these kind of numbers, John? No, I wouldn't say I'm surprised by the numbers. There was a lot of indication uh, towards the end of last year that, you know, the market was taking off. And, you know, there's a lot of factors uh, involved, and we're going to talk about those, or I guess we can talk about them now. Uh, you know, low interest rates are a big, uh, a big part of that. If you can borrow more money for the same payments every month, your purchasing power goes up. And in a market where you combine that with a market where the supply is weak and the demand is strong, you are competing as a buyer. So um, giving, uh, you know, giving more bullets uh, to people in a gunfight is going <laughs> to increase the damage, if you will. And, and that's part of what's going on. Um, there's also, you know, shifting market dynamics. People are, you know, experiencing, a, you know, a different need for their property let's just say maybe they don't need to be in a condo in the city or they're looking to buy a house with mom and dad further out maybe covid has changed some things their their work environment has changed so um i'm not surprised that the market is taking off um there's also you know the thought out there and i'm not an economist but um, there's been an awful lot of money printed throughout canada during this covid situation and uh, you know the more money out there, lower interest rates are, again, going to help people's purchasing power. How that plays out in a long-term economic situation, again, I'm not an, econom- an economist, I don't know. But there are a lot of factors that would lead a person who has been paying attention to the market to not be too surprised that this market has got hot and that prices have gone up across the board. I don't focus on Canadian stats as much as uh, just the, the local stuff. But uh, again, shouldn't be a surprise. The trend is going to continue. But one of the things I wanted to bring up today is that I am seeing a little bit of a shift. Uh, it's, I mean, it's still very much a, a seller's market, but uh, you know, the listings are starting to bloom. So I'm thinking that as we see, you know, what we're only a little way, a little more than a week away from March, which is a typical kind of a starting point of the market, we've got a head start on that in terms of demand. 
I'm seeing the supply starting to bloom a little bit, and I think that's going to balance out the market a little bit in the near future. Yeah, and that's one of the predictions I was reading, that the monthly sales numbers uh, will fluctuate a little bit less. And I guess, is that really what you're talking about? Because it's about availability, and no one's putting their place up for sale, and finally people are starting to do that. So that's what you kind of predict, a little bit less fluctuation in the numbers. Well, I'm seeing that trend happening where, you know, typically this time of year, lots of people are thinking about putting their house on the market, but they're saying, gee, you know, it's it's still winter. Uh, are the buyers really out there? Is the timing right? You know, maybe if we wait till March or April. So that's a that's kind of a common thought, you know, let the bulbs bloom, if you will, out in the front and get your yard ready and that sort of stuff. So, but I think that, again, we have an early start this year. Demand is strong. Even the weather seems to be, you know, cooperating with us that way. So not necessarily making any predictions, but to the listeners out there, uh, I'm just letting them know that I'm seeing a trend where, you know, it, the listings are starting to hit. And that will definitely help in some segments because, you know, as, as we just talked about, buyers are out there. They've got pre-approved mortgages with low rates. They've got some money in their pocket. They're ready to buy. And a lot of them are, are psychologically prepared to compete as buyers for properties. And I think it will be a good thing for the market if we can get the listing inventory up uh, to the point where it's still competitive for buyers, but you know it's a little bit more relaxed. Uh, a market that's too hot on either side is is a tough market to work on. And I, I think things are gonna, going to just kind of relax a little bit as the listings hit and buyers will still have to be sharp and on the ball, but hopefully there'll be more choices uh, coming and I'm going to do everything I can to uh, make sure I put the listings out there and and help sellers uh, achieve what they want to achieve. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. We're talking, CKNW, we're talking to John Carlson, uh, johnnysmartpoint.com. And uh, you were just saying that uh, you're kind of hoping things will sort of mellow out a little bit because there's definitely right now, like you say, it's it's a, a seller's market and uh, you're always looking for, for people who are wanting to sell their home these days. And there's a bit of that uh, FOMO. I think that's what the kids call it, fear of missing out. And that creates uh, a kind of, uh, you know, like a, a just a sort of a sense of, uh, I don't know if it's panic, but uh, it's good if you're selling a place. <laughs> so so you're, you're saying that things might get a little bit less frantic out there. I think we're heading that direction. Again, still be a very strong market for sellers, but there's a little bit of balance coming because the listings are finally starting to hit. And if uh, if the, the people I'm talking to or any indication, I know other realtors and agents out there uh, are probably in a similar situation. There's a number of people they're talking to who are getting ready to be on the market, you know, come uh, March. So that should balance, you know, balance things out. And you mentioned fear of missing out. You know, that's, I think that's a big part of the market. Some people who may have sold and need to buy a place soon, well, they're, they're under the gun. Uh, other people are looking at stats saying, gee, our price is going to keep going up like they have in these last few months. And maybe I should buy now before things are out of my price range. That's, that's happening to some degree. But I think on the balancing side of that, more listings coming up, but also buyers are, uh, to some degree, changing their criteria or their expectations. And that's creating a ripple effect in the market into some other areas. For instance, uh, you know, the the Vancouver, say East Vancouver, Burnaby detached housing market, super crazy hot. Uh, you know, the best strategy there is probably to price it reasonably and give it some exposure and let the multiple offer situation take you where it will. Um, 
But what I'm finding now is that people that are priced out of those markets are saying, you know, hey, you know, we never really thought about this, but maybe we should look at Coquitlam or Port Coquitlam or maybe the Tri-Cities people who have been looking there and feel like there's not enough to look at. They're coming out to areas like Maple Ridge and Mission and Pitt Meadows. So a lot of these areas that are a little bit more in the suburbs uh, in the detached housing or the townhouse market, man, that's that's on fire as well. A lot of these people are coming out and saying, hey, you know, maybe we should look at putting down roots in a new community because, uh, you know, rather than get caught up in these crazy prices uh, as they may see them or situations that are stressful, we can go out and we can get a pretty darn good uh, spot. And, and maybe we don't have to be as close to work or as close to sky trade or, or whatever. So that's another trend, I think, uh, in terms of how the market is adjusting um, with with buyers uh, finding a market situation challenging where they were originally looking. I know a lot of people now have, you know, talked to me and I'm sure they're out there saying, you know, maybe we should go a little bit further east and we can get more for our money. So lots of different things going on, but overall, boy, all of these markets are pretty active. Mm-hmm. And there's this kind of this classic trope in real estate about uh, waiting until the spring to, to sell your home. Um, where do you where do you stand on on the time of year and selling a home? I mean, I guess the spring is a great time to sell a home, but um, like, what's your opinion on that? Well, last year the spring was a terrible time to sell your home, more or less. <laughs> you know, all the numbers were down and yeah. buyers were scared and people didn't want to go into houses. And we're still practicing all those social distancing measures and contact tracing. And you know, thank goodness I you know, I haven't had any issues with with that or, or COVID or, or problems. And we take all the precautions, but this year, spring is here. Uh, you know, it was early. Uh, the demand is there. The listings are hitting now as well. And for those, you know, I know several people that were thinking of selling, and but they were looking for a place, a landing spot. They needed to buy again. And so September and October and November came by and they just were really unsure. Well, my feeling now is that since we're coming up to March and the listings are hitting, I think a person can have a little bit more confidence in putting their property on the market, knowing that if they get a nice 90-day completion or something like that, there will be product for them to take a look at, and they will be able to make a smooth transition from the sale of the place they're in now to the purchase of their next place. So uh, a direct answer to your question, the spring market has sprung, it's starting, and uh, anybody who's thinking about selling and wants a good agent uh, might want to consider looking me up because I'd be happy to talk to them. Just go to johnnysmartpoint.com. John Carlson uh, is uh, is our guest on Vancouver Consumer. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about those first steps of uh, selling your home. What do you do when you're starting to think it might be time to sell your home? And uh, right now, uh, you know, doesn't get much better than this. It's a seller's market. So when we come back, we're going to talk about that uh, with John Carlson. johnnysmartpoint.com is the website. And as we mentioned, he's Johnny Smartpoint on Instagram. And Instagram, you can see all the big, beautiful photos of all the all the the properties that he's bought and sold for people uh, in the Lower Mainland. And uh, you can get a real sense of what's going on. And you can also give him a call the old-fashioned way, 604-612-0080. And we'll be back with John Carlson when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and my guest this afternoon is our old friend John Carlson. JohnnySmartPoint.com is the place to see him. Uh, you can phone him at 604-612-0080. And uh, we're talking about the uh, lower mainland real estate market. And it's almost become a cliche, but it's on fire. 
Um, the, the BMO report that I read this morning, they actually used the phrase piping hot. <laughs> Piping hot. I like it. Piping hot. And uh, availability, always an issue, but hopefully that will slowly work itself out, meaning less people are putting their their properties on the market. So it, that's the hard part of this market. It's There's, there's lots of people who want to buy, but there's not enough stuff to buy. And uh, hopefully that will change. And that's why it's a great time to call John Carlson. Uh, johnnysmartpoint.com. And uh, we're, we're, we're talking before the break about those early steps. And one of the things to think about is commission. That's the scary thought because homes are so valuable now. They're, that's a lot of money. So when you're talking percentages of these huge values, that's a lot of money. And I think a lot of people are intimidated. So I mean, everybody is different, like you say. Uh, all the commission structures are different, but your on a 2% uh, commission structure. So explain how that works and and explain how that can save people money. Yeah, thanks, uh, Martin. Um, and, and as you mentioned, there are no set rates in the real estate industry. Commissions, uh, the, the Competition Bureau has ruled many years ago that you know it's a free, open uh, business in terms of what rates uh, an agent wants to charge. Most agents, I would say, were we're all affiliated with a brokerage and we work under that brokerage and the brokerage itself sets the commission structure. So all I can tell you is the vast majority of real estate agents in, in Greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley uh, will charge a commission of 7% of the first $100,000 of the sale price plus 2.5% of the balance. That's what you'll see most of the time. And it's divided pretty much close to half and half in terms of what's retained by the listing agent and what is offered out to the buyer's brokerage. So as some of the listeners here have heard before, um, I do things slightly differently. Um, and I've been doing this quite a while. In fact, um, I've been away from that typical commission structure for 10 or 11 years and sold several hundred homes during that time. So I know that, uh, that this strategy does work and people can, can save money compared to you know, what a lot of other agents, you know, are charging. And I do want to also add, of course, and I've mentioned this before, that commission is not or should not be the number one, uh, you know, the number one um, concern if you're selling a property. I, I think that when people hire an agent or when, you know, when you or I buy any service or product, there's a value proposition there. We want to look at that and say, hey, are we getting good value? And uh, you want to get good value, but you got to remember, even even in a market like we're in, which is a seller's market, um, it, people sometimes think, well, hey, you know, my, my neighbor sold in a week. He got eight offers, whatever it might be. So it's easy to sell a home. And I would suggest that, you know, you could look at it that way, because if you put a price on a home and just throw it out there, uh, you, you can probably sell it. But in this kind of a market, if you think about it, it's even more important to have an experienced agent who knows how to maximize the process on your behalf because, you know, when things are getting kind of wild out there, the average homeowner who doesn't do this for a living, they don't necessarily understand the whole dynamic. They, they don't necessarily know the history of the sales in the area and what the pattern has been or how to go about generating the maximum price, you know, or, or where to even list it in terms of or what strategies they might, might you know, employ. So, you know, yes, I guess you could say it's easy, but to maximize the process, that's not necessary, necessarily an easy thing to do. Um, and, and these are why I have discussions with my potential 
sellers, you know, when, when we meet, we talk about, you know, agency and we get all that stuff out of the way and they understand that, you know, if, if, if they accept me as their agent, I'm working for them and I'm an open book. I owe them all of the knowledge that I have and I report back to them with everything I know. And we come up with some ideas and strategies. And again, to do this job properly, I mean, there's a reason that there's a high failure rate in the real estate business. There's a high turnover rate, uh, you know, the average time, I don't know what it is, but a lot of agents don't make it that long. Because it is a competitive business, it's high stakes, and to have the ability to um, to help a client position their home for the maximum return, and to have the ability to communicate that value and negotiate and represent your client in a in what can be a pretty high stakes transaction and negotiation, I mean those things are are worth a lot. So I would never discount an agent uh, due to commission or or choose one over another based solely on commission. But again. That's the smart point that I advertise is uh, having an agent that can save you some money compared to the most and uh, and also know how to maximize the sale. Because if you're buying again, especially you, you need the money. So uh, I think I could mention, you know, statistically, uh, right. the composite benchmark price for Greater Vancouver, which is basically like a bag of groceries of all kinds of different sales. And they, they, they take the average and we're over a million dollars now. The average composite price is a million fifty. And if you just take a look at, you know, if you sold a property with me at my commission structure compared to, you know, the seven and two and a half structure, you're going to put $10,000 or more in your pocket after tax money most of the time that you might not have had with another agent. Or if, if you look at a detached housing segment, you know, we're at a million and a half in greater Vancouver uh, now. Or So, you know, that might be a $15,000, you know, savings compared to some of these others. So this is this is real money. And, you know, I sometimes you know, joke with friends or some clients of mine that, you know, people will drive into mission to save nine cents a liter on gas and I'll see them <laughs> filling up, you know, jerry cans and sticking them in their trunk. And I'm thinking you're, you're a bomb ready to explode, but to save, you know, to save 40 or $50 right. or we go to Costco to save some money, but we're talking about thousands and tens of thousands of dollars that are there potentially to be saved if you're selling your home and you wanted to talk to me compared to a lot of other agents out there. So that's kind of the smart point proposition that I put out. Yeah, I, I, I see that. Sort of it's it's that sort of middle ground where you, you, A, the most important thing is to get a good agent, a good real estate agent who knows what they're doing, uh, like John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. But the fact that uh, what they charge means actual money, um, like literally sometimes in the neighborhood of $10,000 or something like that. It's, it's very important to, to, to think about that. And especially in this market, like you say, um, you need someone who knows what they're doing because um, anybody could sell the home, but generally, like you mentioned, uh, fair, set a fair price and then hopefully get some multiple offers and, and get a little bit more for that, that, that price. And, and I guess if you know what you're doing, that can really pay off. Yes. And there's all kinds of strategies. I've seen homes listed, you know, in the not too distant past where I've looked at the list price and said, oh my gosh, I mean, what a steal. But of course, I understand that perhaps that's part of a strategy. And then, you know, a week or so later, you see the sale come through and it went for $200,000 or more over the list price. And, you know, I guess in the right segment, that could be a good strategy. Um, But you want to be careful, you know, if you really, really underlist it, you may have, you know, 100 people come through and, you know, you, you can overheat that that situation a bit too much where buyers actually get scared away. And so you want to, you know, you, 
you want to invite the right people into the house. If you're listed at $9.99 and you're expecting a sale of $1.3 million, that might be a good strategy, but you also might be getting a lot of people who aren't prepared to pay much over a million and they don't really know what's happening. So again, it depends on the property, on the situation, but you know, I, I think to price it a little bit closer to where it likely will be, but leave some room for the market to, to push it up is, is usually um, a good way to look at things. And, and you might ask, well, what is that number where it should be? And, you know, that goes into the discussions that I have with my clients and that might you know, depend on what the three or four most recent sales in the immediate area had in terms of, you know, uh, uh, sale prices and activity and uh, just just looking at the whole market and making a decision. But again, that's one of the big services that an experienced agent can provide to a seller. And that's where the experience comes in. John Carlson is our guest. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. He's with 2% Realty. Uh, you can give uh, John a call, 604-612-0080. Go to his website, uh, johnnysmartpoint.com. You can also send him an email, info at johnnysmartpoint.com. Uh, I believe that's correct. And as we discussed Instagram <laughs> and Twitter and Facebook, uh, but go to the website and you can find out all the uh, the social media there. So talking about people who are just thinking about selling their home, um, you have a, you know, no obligation, sort of a free market evaluation if people come to your website. What's the first thing you tell people who are thinking about selling a, a home? Well, the first thing that we are required to talk about as licensed real estate agents and professionals is the agency relationship. Because when someone calls me right away, uh, I don't have any relationship with them and I don't have the duty uh, of, of confidentiality. I don't owe them that duty. So as a, as a professional, all of us, we're, we're required to first say, hey, just by the way, right now we don't have a relationship. So if there's you know, confidential information about your bottom line pricing or things like that, we'll just keep that confidential until such a time as you decide, hey, you might want to work with me. And if you want me to step into an agency relationship, meaning I would owe you the duties of confidentiality and full disclosure of everything I know, um, I can do that. And it's not even, you know, it's, you're not even obliged to work with me. It's uh, it, So I can step into an agency relationship with someone and fill out a little bit of paperwork and save that for myself, but they're not obliged to hire me. So first of all, we have that discussion. Because I think that's important before we start talking about strategy, because to really come up with a, a strategy and, and, and price, I can give general information about, hey, this house sold for that, and this one sold for that, and, and this and this and this, and, and that's all great. But if you want to start getting into the meat and potatoes about timing and, and maybe how we might prepare the home and how we might price it, position it, and how we might arrange viewings and all that sort of stuff, um, it's good to at least have all that out of the way so that people can you know, sort of reveal to me what their motivations might be and what their timing situations might be and all that sort of stuff. So we get that out of the way. And then, you know, I still like to, you know, talking over the phone's great. Zoom meetings are great. I like to meet face to face and see the house. And so I try to make an appointment if people are comfortable having me come into the home. We, you know, we, we ask the right questions and wear masks and all that sort of stuff. But um, I like to meet people and get a feel for what the property offers, how we can differentiate that property in the market and, and again you lead with your strengths when i go to a house i'm looking for the strengths and the weaknesses i want to see it from a buyer's point of view i want to help sellers eliminate some of those weaknesses or mitigate them um, so that you know they don't take center stage and, and detract from the you know from the overall sale process but also we want to find out you know maybe you've got a ground level condo and it's uh, for instance i've got an offer accepted on a, a new condo listing in port coquitlam right now and our strength was 
that we were a corner unit with a ground level patio and you can have a little dog. So what a great spot. If you, you know, need to take your dog out for a quick walk, you're not walking through hallways and elevators and all that sort of thing. And looking at the research in the area, you know, there were only a, a couple of units that offered that sort of thing. So even though there was a unit that sold within two weeks of us listing, you know, we decided to push the envelope, um, you know, even more uh, in terms of pricing. We asked for about another twelve or $15,000 compared to the other one. And it was a, a successful strategy. Um, so anyway, taking a look at the place, talking to the people and kind of coming up with an idea of how to proceed. For me, that often involves, you know, them telling me information that I don't know because they've lived there a long time and they're often able to enlighten me about some information that I might not have had. And, you know, on the other hand, I can also give them some information that they might not have had. And together, we can probably come up with a pretty good idea on how to go forward. So, you know, yeah. we just play it by ear, but we, we talk about things. You tell the story of the house. I love that. Uh, that's where experience comes in, and that's what you get with John Carlson, uh, johnnysmartpoint.com. Uh, you can give him a call, 604-612-0080. Well, John, always a pleasure to talk to you. Have a great uh, rest of the afternoon. Thank you. I'll see you again. Oh, uh, You definitely will. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and when we come back, uh, it's time to ask Andrew. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and it's time for the portion of the show where we ask Andrew, Andrew Ferreira, our uh, fearless executive producer of Vancouver Consumer. And uh, you've got some news about uh, job losses in the age of COVID, and uh, I uh, naively asked you, is it going to be depressing? (laughs) The answer is, unfortunately, yes. I guess so. So Uh, what's going on? So the Charter Professional Accounts of BC uh, released their checkup invest report on Thursday. It's not very good, mm-hmm. but 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 we're you know we're heading in the right direction. We're getting there. Right. It's still bad, but we're getting there. So between March and May of 2020, uh, the report found that 14,000 businesses were shuttered. Uh, that's during the height of the restrictions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the biggest losses were arts, entertainment, and recreation, right? In those three sectors, uh, 10% fewer businesses operated. Like, that's one in every 10 just yeah. out the door. And that's shocking, right? Uh, natural resource extraction also saw uh, dips, uh, real estate, rental and leasing, accommodation and food services. Uh, it's not a good look. Uh, you know, compared to, uh, you know, October of last year uh, versus the year before, uh, there were 6,600 fewer active businesses. That's just the year over year, you know, gains and losses, you know, all equaled out. There's 6,600 fewer businesses operating. Um, just imagine that. That's, that's, that's so many jobs, right? Uh, you know, Stats Canada in the fall also reported that uh, in October we actually gained jobs, which, you know, is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need it. Uh, most of those jobs, uh, about 25,000 of the ones that we gained were, were for part-time positions. Uh, 7,800 of them were full-time jobs. But ever since then, the province has been, uh, you know, slowly, you know, crawling its way back to normalcy. Um, you know, chief economist of the Business Council of BC, Ken Peacock, you know, he, he was talking to business in Vancouver earlier in February. And uh, the, the line that stuck out to me was the snapback is past. Um, you know, we're kind of around the whiplash. We're over that kind of bump of 
we're going to lose thousands of jobs and gain thousands of jobs. Right. Uh, and now it's this, you know, slow, steady kind of, you know, for instance, in November, this was still the, the snapback. We added 24,000 jobs in November. Wow. Right. And that's just from places reopening and, and getting back into business. But you go to December and they added 4,400. Right. And then January, we only added 2,800. So the, you know, the, ro- the roller coaster, uh, if you will, for the moment has kind of flattened out a little bit and things are getting better. But they're still far from, you know, really good. Um, the big percentage uh, overall uh, is year over year. Uh, we've lost 5% of businesses, of all businesses. Yeah. Um, and it's a harrowing number. Yeah. Even you see Starbucks closing. Yeah. I mean, have you ever seen a Starbucks close ever <laughs> before this? I don't know. <laughs> People always make jokes about how Star- you always see Starbucks open up. But now that you mention it, when was the last time I saw a Starbucks close? Yeah. I feel like the only time I've ever seen a Starbucks close are when the building they're in has been torn down. Yeah, that's true. That's Cause, it. Because it seemed like, I remember, you know, there was like on Robson Street, I don't know if there still is, but there were like, there was one right across the street from each other. Or like they were right across the street from each other. There was talk of building one in my living room. It was insane. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. But hopefully things will... I, I get the feeling we're all coming to terms with the fact that it's not going to be overnight and everything's going to be back yeah. to normal, but there will be momentum and things will get back to normal. So thank you, Andrew. Uh, not all that depressing, but uh, just uh, just the way it is. Harrowing numbers, if you will. Uh, harrowing numbers. And coming up, uh, interesting story about how they are linking uh, gum disease to dementia and Alzheimer's. It's it's interesting stuff. And coming up, we're going to tell you uh, all about how you can keep your mouth healthy and clean as a whistle. I don't know what that means, really, clean as a whistle. But uh, that's coming up when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.